I'm Jason Klom, and this is Comedy on Vinyl. Ladies and gentlemen, my guests this week are Bill Frenzer and Bill Carey of the Ogdenadzo Wahalia Blues Ensemble Mondo Bizarro Band. Had to write it down, because who's going to remember that? I'm sure you guys do, but holy goodness. Uh, we've already started off with, uh, with a bang. Um, you described it as an art project a second ago. Is that accurate? What is it? Absolutely. Because it's a varied and a textualized approach to entertainment. Oh, using, <laughs> using, using not only music and comedy, but satire uh -huh. and tunes and, and video and radio and live <laughs> performances. Tests and, and we did everything. We've, we've done everything. And... Okay. <laughs> so you're not going to get a straight... Musk has asked us to be the first comedians in outer space, but we said... <laughs> Our blood pressure couldn't take it, so we're, <laughs> you. I was really disappointed about that. Too. I yeah. bet. I bet. Because yeah, I know Elon. You know, I'm. A, mm -hmm. I made. He's made a lot of money for me. You know. Sure. Good guy. <laughs> Hasn't made a dime for me, so I could care less. But That's anyway, fair. I get it. Let's see. Let's see what's what spatial comedy we can do in the future. I'm going to have myself um, transferred to video and and. And, and digital so that I can continue my career long after I'm dead. And teleport you right across the universe. Yeah, exactly right. right That's where beautiful. Yeah. yeah, spread it out over the eons. I, yeah. I, you know, I've never, I rarely have to do this. Sometimes I'll have people on who are just musicians who don't do comedy music, who want to talk about the comedy they like, but I don't bother to ask them about their musical influences because A, I don't normally care and B, I'm musically very ignorant. This time I do have to ask what your musical influences are because of the quality of the music. It's meaning it's very good. So I've, I, I have been curious what your influences are, what your training is. Uh... I grew up with a mother who played classical piano, and I got involved with guitar like most kids did around 1960. <laughs> and um, I, my biggest influence, I suppose, was uh, the British Invasion guys. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Page, Keith Richards. That, that was what I really was, you know, looking at. I loved that. Mm -hmm. um, I was I was I was the youngest of a of an older family, and there was all kinds of great sheet music, and for all periods of of time uh, in the 20th century of the music of America, and mm -hmm. somebody had collected all these crazy comedy records on 78. I've got a 78 Victrola. Okay, and we used to listen to this stuff, and then we go down to Jim Corbett's what, house what and listen to Tom what Lear. What were some of those? And uh, you know, yes, we have no bananas. Sure. Uh, yeah. Tiptoe through the tulips, the original. The original, yeah. Yeah, and and just a whole plethora of of great songs, and ragtime and jazz and rhythm and blues and every and there was just a and country, um, you know, um, great stuff. Anyway, yeah. that was part of it. And then my friend Corbett's dad was an English professor, a very famous English professor, and he had us listen to Tom Lear records mm -hmm. and fart records, and that was great. So. Uh, we, when we put our first record out, we always suggested that people uh, dance to the comedy and laugh at the music. So it was a combination <laughs> of all. But, you know, yeah, I mean, we wanted to do the best we could for all different styles of music. And yeah. we tried it. But a lot, of, a lot of blues and jazz. And I was uh, a Catholic uh, in, in Catholic grade school. We used to sing Gregorian chants up in the choir loft. So I learned a lot of, of square. You sang a Gregorian of, chant? I did. Well, I, wow. that's, I, I, I learned to sight read Gregorian chant, my friend, when I was eight. Did you those yes. little squares? Yeah, those little squares. That's okay, why I'm yeah. so square. That's what I was referring to. <laughs> that's a dead language. I like to scat sing in a dead language. Bill, there's a devil <laughs> materializing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so those are, yeah, but that's an interesting question. But yeah, we like to vary, short attention spans allow us to vary our musical tastes. Hey, it's getting better every day for me. Shorter and shorter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, I'm so relieved because I, I finally forgot what I couldn't remember. And that's so far so good. I, I have to say, because 
I'm not surprised about the influence of the 78s. I mean, there is obviously of an era, uh, you, you, the two of you are of a generation where those 78s would have been sitting around. But when I spoke to Neil Innes a few years ago before he passed away, very similar set of influences. And there are a couple like there are a couple songs of yours that kind of reminded me of the Bonzo Dog band a little like bit. What? Yeah, let's hear what they were. Um, hold up. Let me pull it up because it's off the first record. Um it was the one that was the most sort of just intentionally old-timey sounding. And if it wasn't intentional, great. Who cares? Um, let me pull it up. Oh, wait. No. I have it open. Where did... Okay. I, I had your Discogs page open. Here we are. Do, 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 do. I think it was a Crocodile song. Peach Fest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was Beatle-influenced. Sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. There's no question about the fact that many of our nonsense lyrics Yeah, really thank you. Because I've always been real proud of the Crocodile right. song. I did the music for it. Bill did the lyrics. Mm -hmm. We we did both. What you oh no, no, I did the fuck music. All right. Oh, I mean, I didn't mean that. I I, mean, so I, I love you, Phil. When I came to you and said, "This is what I like to do," I had a little baby crocodile. Yeah, you did. You did. Oh, yeah. So there's a sharing there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're not doing very well on now. Oh, we, we are doing just years. fine. <laughs> you gotta get yeah, more, we haven't killed each other yet. You gotta get more Teflon on your ego, Billy. Well, we, we like to direct all of our negativity to Barnes and Barnes because they're, yes. they can take it. They can <laughs> ID and ram it. It's all their fault. And that weird Al guy, man, yeah. Tell about when you gave him a ride home, Bill. Well, because I gave him a ride home several times from the, from the doctor to the medical show because he didn't have a car. So we give him a ride home, you know? What are you going to do? Poor guy sure. on the street. So were we. Well, we had a car. <laughs> Place to sleep. And yeah, that was great. Yeah. I I also would like to know, and we're, I'm, I I want to dig more into the stuff I'm asking you about, but I'm trying to get to the surface level of stuff. Um, <laughs> a little bit more about your your sketch comedy influences, because my first thought was like, oh, this feels a little like Fire Sign until oh, I did the basic oh. math and realized you guys are the same age as the Fire Sign guys, roughly. Dog for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. right. But you you guys released, I mean, you guys started out only a few years after Firesign, so my math was wrong in my head. So I would love to know, I mean, was, I assume radio, early radio, or late radio, early TV influences, that kind of right, stuff? absolutely. Yeah. Um, we got, um, my friend Steve Davies, just call, I have to call him back. Um, we could talk to him, but he's, he worked with us before, too. Mm -hmm. But um, all that early TV stuff was big for me. I mean, um, you know... Jonathan Winters, of course, was one of the great influences. Ernie Kovacs. Ernie Kovacs mm -hmm. uh, Steve Allen. Uh, gee. Joe Pine. Remember him? <laughs> no. You don't want to remember him. <laughs> yeah. He was a fascist. He was an awful fascist guy, but we least him in front of him. And, yeah, all of that mm -hmm. stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. Laurel and Hardy, I mean, uh, all of that was, in, was just, just infused in my brain. Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers so, cartoons. Of course. We yeah. grew up with all that stuff on the TV. So, Do you... So. What's the impetus of the group then? Did you... I can't understand how you guys got together and then that well, album comes out of anything. There's a fraternity band that got out of you know, metastasis. I hate fraternities. I was never in a fraternity. That's the <laughs> biggest pile of shit that I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I told him I wouldn't join the fraternity. At first I wanted to. Oh. And then I didn't want to after I became woke. At the, at the age of 18. You are a giant trigger. I was you a know giant that. trigger. <laughs> Roy Rogers' horse. <laughs> yeah, I'm a giant trigger, except I don't eat carrots. All right, so anyway. TV. No, well, the origins of the band. We were going to school together. Uh, Otis 12, Diver Dan Doomy, and myself mm -hmm. were going to Creighton University, and we were taking communications courses, uh, you know, uh, liberal arts and that sort of thing as well as film and video and we were on the uh, we were doing strange videos long before you know we had a chance to realize what we were doing but we were doing uh, great stuff and there is some proof of that um we still put it on our website and stuff but um the uh impetus was well, we had sort of a jug band that we were doing in between other things and we're and, and we're all into comedy i was into comedy when i was a little kid mm -hmm. uh, even in, in grade school so kept doing that and then i met these two guys and we put this thing together and there's a couple other people and we started doing it um and instead of going to law school i went into comedy because oh god 
He wanted to hear about it, Bill. I, <laughs> never mind. I was, I was in the CIA, yeah, I just, and I just I did this comedy thing as a cover for my CIA operations. Uh-huh. I was busy killing people. Yeah, you know, people. and so we had to have something to fall back on, and comedy was it. So we fell way, way back. Mm-hmm. But no, we started doing it there, and then we decided we'd do a jug band, and then this group from from uh, Minneapolis, Tom Sheroman and Pat Proft who later became very successful, and we were their pals, and they were an adjunct of Second City, mm-hmm. Then they came to Omaha where we were living and did the Sweetness and Light Theater, and we got involved with them, and they said, well, you guys do music too, why don't you do music in between the improv shows you're doing? So we learned improv, we were doing sketches before we even met them, because that's mm-hmm. what we did as kids, it was just natural, and then, so we were doing like three comedy shows, three three sketch shows and two music shows a night for a couple of years. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Then they moved on. We all ended up out of Los Angeles doing stuff there. Consequently, we're, and honestly, we were doing television stuff and recording stuff. And Bill Carey, my old pal from high school, came. I brought some musical expertise to the whole thing. Boy, he sure mm-hmm. did. Yes, he did. And then um, and Richie Thiemann, who was our other partner, and we all got together, Otis 12 and Diver Dan and Richie and Bill, and we came together with this combination of comedy and music because that was starting to happen. And we were doing radio shows at night on a local radio station. Mm-hmm. And we had, there was some, uh, we did a radio show similar to um, Chicago Radio had a, uh, a, what was it called? The, the um, what's the name of the thing? Anyway, we did a two minute radio serial. Well, the Adventures of the Ogdenets, Oaha Blues Ensemble, Mono Missouri Band. We started to play gigs, and we got a band together with some pretty good musicians, and then we just kept doing it. And then a friend of ours gave us the money to do our first stuffed record, uh-huh. Wade Wright, who owned an arcade, uh, a couple of arcades in Omaha. So, well, you know, I really like you guys. He's got a great uh, record store in San Francisco now, Jack's Records. Mm-hmm on the corner of Scott and Page and the Hate, and it's one of the greatest places. Anybody yeah, who has a record, you like old records? They're yeah. all there. They've been there untouched for 40 years. He took it over from an old jazz guy. It's really a cool place. Love anyway, it. that's fun for him. But, you know, we uh, were able to do the stuffed record, which was a combination of Firesign Theater type stuff mm-hmm. and weird Bonzo Dog Do Da Band type stuff. And there we were, and we kept doing it, and we got some some airplay on various and sundry things off of that record. Does that original serial exist anywhere? It sure does. Yeah. We got 65 two minute episodes. We're figuring out a way to put it out. We'll probably put it on some sort of podcast. Okay, good. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. All 65 episodes. You're, I, I want to say you're lucky, but uh, because, you know, I, I, when I talk to people about this stuff, half the time that shit is lost. But it sounds like not lucky. You just had forethought and you just kept all that stuff. I've spent thousands of dollars holding on to stuff and now I can't find it. But it's there somewhere. <laughs> <you know? laughs> all, the, all the storage locker people are saying, thank God he lives. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I've seen what the Firesign archives used to look like and I, I know what. 50 plus years worth of comedy shit can look like. It's a lot. Years. They were big in for sure. They, they were, that was a wonderful record. Don't crush that dwarf. Oh, have gone by so fast. <laughs> oh my God. Time flies when you're still alive. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I had wondered if Firesign had any influence, even though they only oh, sure. really started like a couple years before, oh, even yeah. though, oh, you know. Yeah. I, mean, I, I can tell know. you that what drew me to your band was, was you, were, you were doing? You were the doing money. money. I, I went to a wasn't money. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but 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 uh, you guys were trying to write uh, a follow-on to your radio series, and you were doing something about a giant conch shell that That's lands right. in it the was, middle of it's an alien invasion it type. Thing. It, it was, was real funny, but it but the, the, the we never finished it. It's still don't. Under, what under. was it? It was. What was the, it was. My face is covered with hummingbirds. That's what it was. Uh-huh. That's it. It was yeah. something about my face is covered with well, hummingbirds. Well, and, and it was a very interesting saga of the end of the world. Mm-hmm. If these people crossed the Rio Grande singing the song, then the world would end. And it was. I remember, louder please, my face is covered with hummingbirds. That was <laughs> and it's undone. It's, it's unfinished, but Damn it's it. still there. 
in the pile of stuff that we can't find, but it's okay. <laughs> oh no. No, it's all it's all there. I have a friend who's going to hear this and he's going to he's going to reg- he's going to think, "Oh no, Jason's going to recommend me as their archivist so that I can help them dig through their <laughs> shit." And he's not wrong. I think I might have to put him in contact with you. If only we, if you've got that kind of a pile of stuff sitting there. I well, mean, we got all we kinds do. of things. You ever seen those pictures of people in India picking through giant dumps? Oh, sure, yeah. That's probably what we, we are going to initiate here, but it'll just be you and me. Yeah, covered with rags and going through and eating the tape. <laughs> but we have a lot of cassette tapes from all the gigs we did over the years, and we used to do a lot of improv songs where we'd make stuff up. So uh-huh. there's a pile of that most most of it is okay some of it's brilliant and a lot of it's really shitty but the fact is that's what improv songs that's exactly that's all improv <laughs> period and we just sifting. found we just discovered wade our friend in san francisco was going through a box and recently found, oh, he's found some, some really great stuff, stuff. we were actually pretty good for a while there's some really great music and some good repartee and it was mm-hmm. really yeah it was cool anyway i've got some in dropbox if you want to play them I, I want to hear whatever you want to send me. I will say that. Yeah, and then he'll 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 certainly certainly edit that stuff out. He's just, there's censors all over. He may be a government oh, agent. That's, we that, don't that know. stuff with our. <laughs> we had a band that played the Whiskey Go Go. Uh huh. With a drummer, and we, we had you know we 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 opened Oingo Boingo. We we did a show with them uh-huh. and, and X. We did a couple shows with them, uh-huh. but, and then we then we headlined there for a while at the at the. Whiskey, a go-go. Headline? Yes, we played several gigs there as the headliner. Our friend Sam Diego. God, you are so completely fucked up. (laughs) We at least had a half a dozen shows that we headlined The Whiskey, a go-go? Yes. And they and they and the and the audience stole my harmonicas and I got out there like I'm talking. He said, "You asshole kids! You just those cost twenty five bucks a piece and I want them back right now." And you know what? They all came back. Oh, this must be why they're treating me for PTSD. Yeah, That's yes. it. I completely wiped it from my memory. Though. Parent transfer sudden deflation. PTSD. Uh-huh. It's, sure. I know that's what it is. That's right. You can't live in your mom's house anymore. That's right. Well, it <laughs> happened for a while. Anyway, that yeah, that we did a lot of shows there, and that was great. And we were on KSAN, or we were on KSAN San Francisco. That's right. We I do K- remember that. We were on K Rock for a year and a half. I doing stuff remember weird with with Daryl Wayne, the insane Daryl Wayne. And we did the morning Mondo, the midnight Mondo, the afternoon, whenever he was on, we would do these bits. And uh, it got a pretty good following there for a while. So, mm-hmm. yes, we did headline. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Just like meeting yeah. Lily Tomlin that one day. Yeah. Elect- oh, just don't get into that. <laughs> that I was- thought we were all there, but he said, no, we weren't all there. You were there, Bill. <laughs> but because I'm so, I'm so um, loyal to my pals, I uh, produced an, a memory in my brain. Yeah, in your brain. You're that that we were all reality. there because I love you so much. I didn't want you to be out of it. He <laughs> was Bitter Brothers. But we said they think called for the Bitter Brothers for a while for obvious reasons. Uh-huh. It's best. way funnier than being happy. Believe me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. We're probably too happy and content to have any had any real success. I don't think you can be a good comedian if you're too I Oh, yes, you have to be. Oh, screwed up to you. I think that's Everybody true. Everybody knows that. It is just, if, if you're too happy, you can't be a good comedian. <laughs> Name me a happy comedian. I know. Well, Name one. Happy Johnson. Remember him? Yeah. He was that guy that we found in Detroit covered in grease. Yeah. Remember that? He was in the sewer. He was a pretty funny guy. He had some great work. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> so, we're off on different tracks, Jason. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Okay, I think. Uh-huh. It is. We've always well, done. You know, I would like to know a little bit, because I've asked people about this before. There are two cities that I'm interested in that are not traditionally considered to be comedy cities, but I've noticed that there's a there's a small contingency uh, in Iowa City, or in Iowa generally, yeah. but and that, in Omaha. Would that, would that be the, uh, the Duck's Breath Mystery Theater? Duck's Breath is the first thought. There are a few other well, people I, there. I've, we've been great friends and associates for many decades. I was wondering. Slipknot, they like us. Do they? <laughs> You yes. ever heard of a band called Slipknot? Yes, of course. They know who we are. Wow. 
Do the research, Bill. <laughs> Those guys have a very good sense of humor. I know that. I do know that. They're weird, but they do have a very good sense of humor. Because Where are they I, from? They, one of the guys in Slipknot somewhere said he liked Agnes. I love from? it. I love they're that from, so much. Oh, yeah, but yeah, there's a, well, a lot of people say that there's a um, a vortex of, of humor and satire in the Midwest because the sky is, this is my theory. It's despair. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Despair. It's yeah, a, it makes people funny. It's an open end. The sky is, is big. Mm-hmm. There's no mountains or skyscrapers that get in the way, so you have to fill that sky with your imagination, and that's that's what we do. <laughs> I love, by the way, I love hearing stuff like this out of the guys who made a song called Dead Puppies and about a pedophile clown. I love hearing this very hopeful, beautiful stuff. Because you know what? I There's something to that. I'm from rural upstate New York. And really? uh, I will tell really? you, that's really? one of the reasons you get into comedy is because there was shit all to do or that's see. That's right. Exactly right. Rochester, and, yeah. any chance? No, uh, closer to uh, Cooperstown. So really? like, really? yeah, like lower upstate. Does that make sense? Yes, it yeah. does. Yes, it Remote, filled with hillbillies and meth. Yeah, um, Finger Lakes or whatever the hell those are. Well, you know, um, <laughs> what hillbillies and ham sandwiches have in common? What's they're both that? in bread. <laughs> in God. bread, that would Jesus. be the joke. That's in pretty bread. good. I like that. Uh-huh. How about I love money? it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Haikus, Bill. Come on. This, this is like trying to wrangle. Phil Proctor of Firesign. <laughs> that guy won't stop making jokes unless you nail him down, and I feel like I have to do that with you, but I'm but also really enjoying this. So. A Christ figure, and he doesn't want to have anything to do with that, I'm sure. So there's no question about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jason, you've been asking great yeah. questions the whole time. Well, yeah. I appreciate that. I'll interview. take it. We ignore them, of course. This is really the good. Is this question. is the best thing we've done in a long time. I mean I, I will say, like, no, but Nebraska very specifically has had, uh, it's got you guys, the Higgins brothers. There's a, there's a spirit here that that defies that, and it's it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and, and there's been a lot of comedians that have grown up out of here, Johnny Carson, of course, mm-hmm. and uh, Fred Astaire, he was a great comedian. He's from Omaha. And, uh, you ever heard of Fred Gaze? I have not. <laughs> He's 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 pretty good. Really? He's from Omaha, but he's not a dancer. Stan Freeberg, Stan Freeberg started and did many things here in Omaha. That's uh, weird. That butternut is coffee can. He did the butternut coffee commercials and started there, mm-hmm. and it was really great. About well, I guess whenever I can't remember what decade is, I say about fifteen years ago, but this is about twenty-five years ago. Freeberg. Yes, Stan Freeberg. He was one of my, he, I really was impressed with him. We did some commercials and comedy stuff. And I was in a, I was going off to do a rehearsal with my friend Mick Collins, who had me in the, a play. Mm-hmm. And we stopped at, on a Sunday morning at this drugstore um, on Santa Monica Boulevard and, and uh, uh, in Westwood. Mm-hmm. And there was only two people in the store at the time. Stan Freeberg and his wife, mm-hmm. and they were screaming at each other. They're having a horrible argument in the aisle, I and I recognized him right away. I said, "Mick, I have to go do this." And I went up. I said, "Mr. Freeberg, I want." To, I just in the middle of their argument, I just walked in, and said, you know, and I said, "Mr. Freeberg," and I just his wife was just fuming, and he and he loved it because he wanted, didn't want to talk to his wife anymore, and he was holding some money in his hand, mm-hmm. and he said, "I said, Mr. Freeberg." Uh, I just want to tell you that you inspired me to be a comedian with your work in Omaha, with with all the great songs that you did about Nebraska there, and it was really great. And, and you, I've followed your career all along the way. And I was just wondering, would you owe me twenty dollars? <laughs> and he, I thought, he, and he, he started laughing. I made him laugh, and he hugged me. And his wife got madder and madder. <laughs> it was a great moment, and I guess she had to be there. No, that's but good. It was, it was a great. Time. I was hoping was that's where that was going. I was hoping you were going to ask him for his it, money. It that's one of my greatest moments of, of, of comedy improv with Stan Freeberg. He didn't even know he was in it until he was in it, and then we had a great time talking afterwards. Oh, that's beautiful. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's very good. <laughs> it's all a lie, but it sounds like. Did you make it? Mm-hmm. Up? Okay. From the very beginning. No, well, actually, that, 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 you told that actually happened. <laughs> in my memory, you were there too, Bill. You well, were just like before. Yeah. With Lily Tomlin, you were there. I was not. Mm-hmm. I would like to know a little bit about the production of your records because there's okay. usually one weird story behind the production, or there's usually some insane shit you have to go through just Good. to get something made. It so was hard. 
Yeah. Okay. So our friends, the reason we ended up in, in Los Angeles, we were in San Francisco, but we had a great friend who did the radio serial with us, with a producer of our radio serial, um, and Kelly Katera. Mm-hmm. And, and our guy who I grew up with in grade school and high school and college, Michael Brownstein. Mm-hmm. And Kelly had said, do you think Michael Brownstein would like to come out to the record plant and work? And I said, I know he would because we were out there anyway. Kelly lured us out there. We had a tr- cavalcade of like, I don't know, we had uh, eight or nine people in the band and a couple of old cars filled with equipment and stuff. It was and pathetic. Chris, it was like as I lay dying. It was William Falk. It was, well, it was a really great time. It was really fascinating. But we got out there. Go ahead. He's really got to pee, but he can't say that because he's. <laughs> but the point is that we were out there and we, we had a chance to record that at the record plant. And we had been playing these songs for a long time and doing these bits. Yeah. So we were pretty well prepared. The neat thing about doing this in the Hinderlands for years is you got pretty good at it. You uh-huh. know? It was like the cat skills, but it was, you know, the cat kills. Anyway, we had that in all over the Midwest and, and the West. And then we came out and he said, we got the, the record plant main studio for 12 hours at night. And there's video of this of this performance. Oh, wow. So we recorded most of the album in 12 hours Jeez. at the record plant. And it was one of the greatest. It was just so great because we, we had costumes on. And we were screaming and and. It was great. A lot of that's on the record. Do you mind if I just if I add one thing to that? You can add more than that if you want. To. <laughs> Crocodile song. Just a second. I got to pee. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Tell them about. We're getting divorced. Damn it. Um. Uh, Crocodile song. Mm-hmm. And uh, lackadaisical Cincinnati, uh-huh. and little fairies, mm-hmm. and a, a, a lube, no, not lube, yeah, lube job. Mm-hmm. They were all recorded in Omaha. Okay. And then Kelly, the work that we did with Kelly at, at Sound Recorders, that was stuff like "The World Is Gone," mm-hmm. um, the Russian Roulette giveaway bit. We recorded a lot of stuff in Los Angeles, and it wound up on stuff too. Mm-hmm. So, but the but the the stuff done in Omaha was that was more production level sixteen track in those days. So didn't we combine those recording sessions? I mean, didn't we do? Dead yes, Puppies it's a and, it's a combination of what we did in right. Omaha. Yeah, and, we did the Dead Puppies in a radio station in the Council of Bluffs, and then we put the pipe organ on that Bill played so masterfully mm-hmm. um, at uh, Studio Out in Glendale. So I mean, it was oh, wow. a combination of events. Yeah. But that that twelve hour session at the uh, rec- at the record plant was something else. That's crazy. How how yeah. did the the now what about the first recording session that you were just talking about? Was that out an out of pocket situation? No, we were doing we were doing radio things late uh-huh. at night. Okay, uh, on radio, and so we just Dead Puppies. This was one of the things yeah, we, we played did. Dead Puppies, and it right. was such a good performance. We thought we figured, we and then we tried to the, use it. Then Kelly Kutera said, "Put or did you say put an organ on it?" I said. Put, we got a look at this pipe organ here, guys. This is a studio. Let's oh, hell. use it. If and it's there, there you go. And, yeah. Wow. And so, anyway, uh, we owe that a lot to Kelly Patera. And Michael Brownstein then went on to have great fame and all kinds of recording uh, for all kinds of folks. He was a great recording yeah, artist. Yeah, I did the Eagles and uh, Zappa and, uh, and Barry Manilow, everything from who? Zappa to Barry Manilow. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Band Aid guy. <laughs> yeah, he lives yeah. with his mom, I think. Very he does, but she's a nice lady, even though she's probably dead. Well, stop. <laughs> Do you don't ever live with your mother after she's dead? <laughs> that's all. That's my. That's my God. suggestion. Here's the dogs. Hey, dogs, come tell here. Tell it to tell it to the guy in Psycho. You know? Come here. This I is w- Harry. He's a, he's a, come on up, Harry. Say hi. Come on up. Come here. Come here. We've got a dog that's joining the call. <laughs> oh, shit. He's knocking down the... Ah, oh, that's great. Oh, well, Harry's down here. He's a good dog. Come here, Harry. Come on, buddy. Oh, there. I, I'd like to know, because, you know, I've... I can only compare your stories to the other ones I've heard, right? And I've heard similar stuff from. Uh, we had Jim Turner on from Duck's Breath, definitely. Yeah, well, he's a really good. Talk about the history of them. He's a great guy. And, and Phil Proctor, I have interviewed a dozen times, probably. But the thing is, his story is so very different in that 
you know, Col- it's it's all like Columbia did this. They gave us just a shitload of money to make a perfect comedy record, wow. and, and look know, what they got. Right. And, they just- and it's but it's a different situation when you like you've recorded in two different places. You're putting stuff together. You're you're Boy, on the yeah. road yeah. and all this stuff in a different way. What what? First of all, why were you making a record? Was was the concept this is a career maker or this is just something we want to have? I no, we wanted to get into show business, and that's what you did. I mean, you want to mm-hmm. do that. Many people want to know, well, we just wanna like know. I want to know, <laughs> who's responsible? <laughs> See, we got some influences from Firesign, mm-hmm. but yeah, we oh, wanted me. to do. We wanted to do Irresponsible. some <laughs> But it was that something you could? Because this is something I realized. I only realized a few weeks ago. I've never asked anybody. I've always presumed what a comedy album meant at that time for a career. But was it like a calling card? This is a thing that you could show well, to somebody. Yeah, because we were doing both comedy and music. Yeah, we together, thought we, could we thought that was pretty cool, matters. and that was pretty uh, outrageous. But it turned out that that had been done many times before. But the fact is that we were doing it. Well, we knew it had Spike Jones. Yeah, I know, and that's where that was. Those are all, uh, you know reference points from which to glean our particular creative approach mm-hmm. which 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 ex- you know metastasized into so many strange right. things so we were able uh, because we really wanted to do everything we wanted to do radio and we wanted mm-hmm. to do tv and we wanted to do records and we did and yeah. you know with limited success but the fact is we got to do anything we damn well pleased for a long long time and still do yeah so, I mean that's that's, that's the friggin' dream as far as I'm concerned. Right, I respect right. that. And it was uh, cool because the Dutch Breath, because they were the Iowa contingent of the weird stuff in the Midwest, and we were the Nebraska, and we became pretty good friends. And mm-hmm. well, they took years. they gave us a place to stay in that's San right. Francisco. That's right. When they were out touring, we stayed in San Francisco stuff. and had a wonderful time there. And then we ended up living there for a while. Mm-hmm. And our friend Wade eventually got out there and did his, his bought this record store and. Um, it wasn't a particularly good town for comedy. Jeff, Jeff, well, we played all over North Beach for months, and we didn't make that much money, but we had a great time doing it. It was mm-hmm. cool. And then we played on the street for a little bit. We played the Mabuhay Gardens. Oh, we yeah. The punk oh, rock club for, for, for a, a week, year. A year. Wow. We opened up for punk rock guys. And one time, I got to tell this story. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we were doing this pretty crazy stuff, mm-hmm. opening up for them. And there was a couple of hecklers there. I mean, you know, after all that time, and we were pretty sharp guys, really, in a way, before the, uh, before the, you know, the stroke. But anyway, uh, we were there, and we were doing these shows, and they were heckling us, and there weren't that many people in the in the in the, in the room that night. So, but we said, oh, okay, you want to heckle us? You know, let's just stop our performance, and we'll turn the, the tables on you. So we took chairs and sat down and heckled the audience for the <laughs> Look at that guy over there. God, he looks like he's been stoned for 10 years. He can't even walk straight. And you know what? We never got heckled there again. And we're hired. And they had new respect for us. And they said, yeah, you do not want to mess with those guys. No. So, you know, we there were guys open. cutting themselves and jumping off. Of the, literally jumping off. We, we went off. on like at 8 o'clock or something yeah, to but, just kind of open the house. Yeah. And, it was great fun. And we did it for a while. We did it. it was good. And, and saw a lot of good bands. Met a lot of interesting characters. Were you, uh, I mean, you were young enough that what, <laughs> did this feel like, oh my God, I, I'm trying to figure out how I how I frame this exactly, but if, I can't quite figure out what the comedy scene in San Francisco was at that time because everybody I've interviewed, again, of this sort of group who's around at the time has talked about, yeah, we had our moment in San Francisco. Yeah. Again, what did it what did it mean to you? What did it mean to your career? Was it an opportunity to try new shit out? Yeah, always, always did that. Sure. That's what we always did, and that mm-hmm. was what was great. Because and that was an open city then at that time. Well, Pearl Harbor and the Destroyers. Have you heard of them? No, I, well, I am very were, musically were, ignorant. I should point that out. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, but I, well, I mean, they they were a band performing in in kind of like what we were doing. In okay, way. and uh, they, they were really funny. They, they were great. A couple of really. Really good, uh, good ladies singing. Women, yeah, they were great. The damn dog Harry, just took out. Harry took out the whole thing. Harry, we're back. We're here. <laughs> God, it was that. It was just like yeah. he got hit by a torpedo with a trail, man. It was just a big black dog, and it knocked us all for a loop. But now we're back. 
Anyway. Did you do sketch stuff on stage or was it strictly yeah. music? We didn't know you could okay. do that. We did, we did improv and sketch. We had, wow. we had improv stuff. We had sketch stuff mm-hmm. that we set, but it always changed. And then we had songs, and then we did improv songs, too. Yeah, this that's is all documented. Then there's some really good stuff. Yeah. No, it was fun. That was cool. No, I bet. I just, I, the pressure, whenever I think of the pressure of the, I do improv, but the idea of doing an improv song makes me ill i it, I, really I, can't, I couldn't do it i couldn't do it well we, it was pretty hard to do one of the things we changed from having we started out with a full band which was impossible too many people we had over 200 people in the band yeah, all kinds of not at once but <laughs> no but but, it was, but when we were just doing you know back in backing up the comedy yeah. with a single guitar or maybe right. two guitars mm-hmm. that that's what we were doing in san francisco and we could make up songs anytime even now we could do it mm-hmm we don't have to, but we could. I mean, I t- I'll take it. Isn't that what we've been doing? Yeah. You want to? You want to have a song? What? I mean, you have, yes. You have to give us an a, a, a title for a song. I have to give you a full title. Mm. Well, it doesn't have to. I don't know. <laughs> Is that what you're gonna do? You're not gonna. Don't use that. That sentence is toxic. Well, if I'm going to give you a title, the first thing that pops into my head, because I can see the painting behind your your, your head, <clears throat> is Gauguin's melanoma. And I don't know why, but that's the first thing that popped into my head. Okay. Gauguin's melanoma. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, I think it's ahead. because you, you talked about metastasizing earlier, and yeah, that's I what's know, in my head. True. So it's your fault. He was a great painter who died of melanoma. Did he know that other painter? That I'm trying to give a little context here. Did he, did he cut off the other, his friend cut off his ear? Isn't that right, Bill? No, ben that's not right. Not that, well, he didn't know Van Gogh. He didn't know? Are you sure? I don't think he did. I think he did. Okay, the name of the song is... You forgot that go dance melanoma. Okay. All right, All right. Okay. here we go. I can still smell the aroma of Bologan's melanoma as he struggled with his last breath of air. Thanks to my time machine that was really pretty mean, I was fortunate enough to be there. He fell on his back and then he lost track of the paintings he had painted all his life and the back and he didn't have a wife but that was okay with him they called him jim i don't know why they called him jim he was a guy. Jim Gauguin. Jim Gauguin. <laughs> I think he sold insurance. Uh, he did on right the side. He made so much money. Right. He got to be funny and lived a life of ease in are, are France. Are you waiting for me to put a coda on it? Then they took <laughs> him to the cemetery where he spent eternity. So we bury him somewhere else. That's your coda. <laughs> But, you know, you um, go long enough and something makes sense. Here's there the thing. Uh, I've seen uh, a- a- actual bad improv music, and I just feel like the thing is it falls apart. Nobody commits to it. You stick through something when somebody has thrown it to you, and you get a gem. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just stick with it to the end. Well, sometimes you do. Sometimes. <laughs> I'm Look, I'm being generous to improvisers because I'm an improviser myself, but I think I was right. lucky to get that is all I'm saying. I feel like well, I was lucky you. to get a good thank piece. You, Fine. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. I think, you know, we... You're, this guy is quite the improviser. Well, here's the thing, though, too. The, the thing, okay, the, here's the thing that maybe gets me, well, maybe not the most, because the quality of the music is always good. Your your voice is, is so very sincere and beautiful that it's it like is. that's... Well, that, I, I'm blessed with a pretty good singing voice oh, no, from, that's from the, the you know, from, from doing that choir stuff. Mm-hmm. With the, that had nothing the, to do with it. It did, too. I learned how to sing that way. Really? Yeah. Did you learn how to touch yourself, too? <laughs> I taught myself everything I know about that. <laughs> I guess we're lucky you're the one who learned that in, in choir. Um, oh, yeah, I'm the only person own. that learned that. Boy. Well, I um, learn, no, I didn't learn it in choir with the boys. Okay, good. It's my inquire. Sure. 
Just no as long as you learned it on your own, I'm happy for you. That's yeah, very right. good. Well, he's got a gorgeous voice. You really yeah. do. That, that's, really? That, so that, you, Bill. You've got a wonderful <laughs> voice as well. I love it. God damn it. Don't bring it up again. <laughs> Let's do the Tasty Toasty Freeze song, Bill. We did a great a great duet on that. No, we don't know what that is. So anyway. I'll go get the pipe organ for that one. It might take a while. I, right, so. You know what? Sorry, you've just made me think of something. Where do we get the old the idea of what old man voice is? Because um, where does that I, come I'll from? Tell you exactly where it comes. Tell from. Tell me, comes please. From Gabby Hayes. You know what? That's a very good point. I think it might. Yeah. At that and Johnny Carson. Yeah, it's just a demonic. Yeah, well, you know? all, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and and uh, Walter Brennan. You know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. You know who really was Marty Frigert was Jonathan Winters, and that's my favorite comedy. Yeah, he was he was the yeah. best. The he wacky world of Jonathan Winters. The best, the best, the best. The best. The wacky world of Jonathan Winters. Where did you so, first hear that record? Was that something that was in my the My dad. My mm-hmm. dad bought it in about nineteen fifty eight. And I I just didn't stop listening to it for about, you know, forever. Are you of the age where you would have seen him on Steve Allen? Oh, yes. oh absolutely. Mm-hmm. Of course. And he actually saw, I, I don't know if he saw the band perform, but he saw me perform at the comedy store. We, we, yeah, yeah, we did. He, Jonathan Winter saw us perform as well. Wow. Which was really cool. And afterwards he said, you are crazy. <laughs> which is which is absolutely the best compliment That's the perfect that compliment ever that, <laughs> ever there's nothing better than that there couldn't I, be you know i think uh, i've memorized parts of that album of his yeah well yeah. You know, he was a big influence for sure well sports fans we're here at the football game today <laughs> and it looks like we got a beautiful day for football out here well there's a little cloud over there and another little cloud in fact it's snowing here today but yes there he is Coach Red Fescue, he's taking the field, and there they are making their letters down there on the field. <laughs> Time for the kickoff, and it just God, he was good. Yeah, he did it all. He was the best. The the, the yeah. sheer the sheer speed and uh, commitment that he couldn't help but have because again he was compelled to by some force that none of us will ever understand. Well, chemical yeah. imbalance was Psychosis. part of it. There's no question. Absolutely, about it. absolutely. You know, and he would. And I remember his wife was saying, and he was thrilling the the about this after the show. He was in the lobby with about a hundred comedians just sitting there going, "Wow!" And his wife was like. <laughs> You've got to go, Jonathan. And she was trying to tug him away, and he refused to go, but of eventually course. did. But yeah. And so but she, somebody asked him, Did you like being on the Muppets, Mr. Winters? And he said, Oh, yes. I love tearing Kermit's little legs off. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, okay, so your Jonathan Winters is your, what about your favorite then? What did you have a, a comedy album you grew up loving? Who me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jonathan Winters. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I did. I, but I. Oh, don't you have other comedians you like? Bill? I liked all of them, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't collect records, so I, I okay. can't tell you a specific record that I had. So I mean, you... honestly, I had all these old from '78s. Yeah. With uh, cigarettes and women and wild oh, cigarettes and a whiskey and wild wild, wild, wild women. women the three things I like the best. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Uh-huh. But then great the Cowboys. You know, like, but I, I I like the um, let's see who uh, Nichols and May were cool and, yeah. and um, uh, the John Kennedy record the uh, what's oh, the yeah. family um, yeah, the yeah first, first family, family that's right. that really was incredible a, that was a you, people incredible. don't realize how popular that was immen- immensely big it was Everybody. the best selling record of all time at the time. Yeah. Seven point right. five million records. So yeah, that, those. Yeah. That, okay, I'll put that as one of my favorites. That's now. perfectly. That's a <clears throat> great yeah. choice. That's a great freaking choice. I own twenty yeah. copies of that record for some reason. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah, but yeah. you know, all and and oh, I don't know. There's, but the, the f- movies were more important to me, and um, mm-hmm. the, the musical styles were great. But I'm trying to think of of. Um, of, of some of the records that I listened to that were back, oh gosh, <laughs> there were parodies of records. That Remember were the little in. yellow ones, Bill? Remember those little yellow ones? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, 
Yeah, they had Bill, little yellow records. I remember I had we had Kate Smith. Frankie Lane had Wild Goose, and then somebody did the Ballad of the Wild Duck, which I have a copy of. Uh huh. Which is really a, a funny record, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I think when uh, Billy West came on the show, he said his favorite record growing up was this Little Three Stooges yellow record, and that was something uh-huh. he was like yeah. destroyed yeah. as a child because he listened to too much. Right. Ours was was Kate, and I mean, this is when I was like three. Uh huh. But it was Kate Smith mm-hmm. singing "God Bless America." <laughs> that's how that's depri- a, that's deprived. A great, that's a I was deprived. Bill. <laughs> great comedy record. Everybody loved no, it. <laughs> I. It it's funny now. There's, there's no. There's an essence of truth there that really frightens me. That that was uh-huh. was one of the inspirations. Well, was I'm, it Ethel Merman? I don't know. Somebody. Hi, I'm Ethel Merman, and so are you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Yeah. I was, yeah, that goes way back, way way back before us. I I I've never bothered to ask this Digging question, in but rag and bone shop of public pub, pub, follow rag and yes, okay. No, yeah, sorry. So we got gates in here. Too. Yeah, of course we had to. You're gonna ask. No, it's it's not that big of a a deal because I feel like I've discussed it in sideways manners with other folks. Um, but like. Post-war America gives uh, your generation of comics this weird this place to bloom from that is jingoistic it is inherently and sometimes uh, in a subdued way uh, incredibly racist and homophobic and all this stuff so you've got a lot of avenues to explore for satire let's make fun of this whole idea of what this country is supposed to be we did we did it and we love doing it and still try to do that yeah but yeah the recent uh, president gave us more time to do that boy oh boy did he ever it was unbelievably sad. But I think people, if, if being old and having lived through a lot of it, mm-hmm. it was Vietnam that really brought that out. Sure. No question. Sure. Because prior to that, prior to Vietnam, you just, you didn't, uh, it was hard to say anything. We made a lot, of, was fun. Too young made anyway, a lot of fun but, of Vietnam and, and really did. That was a yeah, after it deal. Yeah, after it came along. Vietnam and drugs and, and mm-hmm. uh, and people that I were, hate drug jokes. Don't ever do them again. Well, when they were when they were, I just there, like doing drugs. Important. I don't like doing drug jokes. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, same. So, yeah. I, I just I like doing sex. I don't like doing sex with drugs. Is it the same? Well, when was the last time you had some? <laughs> what the drugs or the sex? Oh, never mind. Let's okay. just talk about something. <laughs> Fine, it's a good idea. Um. Did yeah. you you guys mentioned um oh shit, sorry, what's his name? Uh we were just yeah. talking about it right before we started. The gentleman in airplane. Uh Steve Oh um, Strucker. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he was in good, he was he one was of the many partner. people in he your was band. A good partner for a long, long time. Yeah. What did we he play? Crew, well he plays phenomenal piano. piano. Yeah. Very As good. a matter of fact, we have a great version which budged or I mean, sorry, um uh, my friend is uh, uh Wade Wright who owns Jack's Records in San Francisco mm-hmm. said that he had copied a copy of Stucker's fantastic version, the, the the quick version of Wizard of Oz. I mean, he does this this five minute song of Wizard of Oz and I we could probably send that to you sometime, but it's really one of the more remarkable things you'll ever hear. He used oh to do God. it all the time. He was a brilliant uh, keyboardist and, and player. Mm-hmm. He was really insane. Man. And he played, he was the greatest improv uh, piano Play. Yeah. and we worked with some great ones mm-hmm. but this guy was yeah, he did have, he did the, have the, the best he had because you would be talking about something and then he would have a perfect song mm-hmm. that would come up you know instantaneously uh, behind him so behind us so well at least he's another yeah. iowan that i can add to that list of, of he's Iowa from people. I, I think he apparently he was born there uh from yeah, what i'm saying his, but yeah yeah he I did. grew I up in shaker that. heights yeah. you know there's a billion funny and 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 actory people from shaker heights so i guess that, that's something in the water. Yep. There was natural lithium in the water in Omaha, and we thought maybe that had something to do with it. It could so, be. Uh, could be. Anyway. Uh, I w- okay, sorry. Uh, I would love to know. Mmm, son of a gun. Was there uh, there anything? Were there any outtakes from uh, either of your? Uh, I'm thinking of the vinyl, but any of your records, stuff that got cut that you wished had made it in, or that you're happy? Yes, as didn't. a matter of fact, I've got hours. Okay, there was one of the asked. stupidest mistake we ever made <laughs> mm-hmm. was not putting "Thank God I'm a Rich Kid" on the original record. Okay, because that was a great parody. We can sing it right now if you want to. Well, I, mean, can, I won't turn it down. 
or you can put it on on on. You know, there's plenty of uh, versions on. I tell you, the, the best version of it I ever heard. I only heard a week ago. Yeah, and that was and that was from Wade, and I've got it on Dropbox. All right, well then, give, send it to him. Maybe you can use that instead. And I met Bill Frenzer here. He's gonna blame it on me. Watch, just watch. He got me addicted to heroin. It's all my fault. I've broken up marriages. I I've have created to play bastard this children. Band. Heroin addicts. I want out. I want out. It's all my fault. I take full credit. When they threw me out of Harvard, Daddy bought me into Yale, and I spent the first semester just skiing up in Vail. I was busted four times, but I never saw jail. Thank God I'm a rich kid. Show for giving jag in my own private plane. I'm a brushing my teeth with Peruvian cocaine. Like to get a job, but it goes against my grain. Thank God I'm a rich kid. I don't give a damn if the union gets mad when I lay around the factory working for my dad. Still the toughest job I think I ever had. Thank God I'm a rich kid. Oh well, daddy's up in Vegas trying to float alone. Mama's with a gigolo shacking up in Rome. I'm a throwing parties at the Palm Springs home. Thank God I'm a rich kid. Summer Congo in the fall, big game hunting with a doctor on call. Back by Christmas for the debutante ball. Thank God I'm a rich kid. I got the steaks on my griddle and a yacht on the lake. Cousin in the Senate and a judge on the take. When they run out of bread, mama let them eat cake. I haven't cut in a thing in years, but I'm happy to do it because um, really, why would I not do that? Well, are you gonna do it right now, Bill? I well, mean, I also, try. you know, you know, you've also got me in a good mood because this is my either last or second to yeah, last recording the for this what, show. I was gonna ask you about that. What's the deal? You just got tired of doing it or after what? almost eleven years of not making money. Wow, you know, really? yeah, fantastic. It's fun. And you tried to get us on before, yeah, but oh yeah, but else, it, it fell apart because of me. Question? What else you doing? <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's just it. Is that? You don't want to uh, talk about it, no, 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 no. I do because, like, I do a bunch of other podcasts, but don't make any money doing them. And but I also kind what of want to podcast wise, like a respiratory uh, therapy podcast. Or? Yeah, definitely. There's definitely that. Um, but there, the big one is called Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour. My buddy and I have been doing comedy together since we were kids, so that's thirty yeah, years but, now. There you go. See. And I want to do, do something. You want to keep doing that, don't you? I want. I on. need to. And you're kind of addicted to it, aren't you? Oh yeah. Also, I I want to talk. I'm talking about Richie Thiemann, our partner. Yes, please. Pri primary songwriter and co-writer with us with just about every. He wrote great Dead songs. Puppies. He and Bill wrote Dead Puppies. Yeah. Uh -huh. And and Kinko the Clown for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So <laughs> they were our good friends. Kinko, of course, had to go away, but you know why. Because he was politically incorrect, Bill. Even before the, before our before that was a bad thing. It was a bad thing for him. He said, "I'll be back to play with you sometime in twenty years." <laughs> really, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, he went off to put, work with the with the uh, uh, the clown chorus in Europe. I think he's never come back. Is what happened. The clown chorus. <laughs> we got some some tapes. Some of the comedy bits were Kinko's. I think he meant the clowned heads of Europe. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good, Bill. <laughs> to, uh, yeah, no, tell tell me about other people in the band that I should know. Well, about. Richie was great. I mean, mm -hmm. he's still our pal, and we still try and do stuff together. And you know, uh, it's really really wonderful to be able to to hang out with him sometimes mm -hmm. and try stuff. And we found a whole bunch of old stuff that we're going to probably maybe put out. Bill and I have a whole series of short attention span songs, just snippets of songs that were never went anywhere we'd like to put that out maybe sometime i love it and that's a great idea so we're still trying to do stuff but and what you would hear on this t this recording i just sent you would richie would be playing bass mm -hmm. i'm playing guitar and vocal bills bills speaking and playing harmonica mm -hmm. and bob ganey is playing drums yeah i just thought i'd right. say that so the names come out we'll send you that that you're going to send that to him now is that what it's you know? done yeah oh. i just saw it come through it just showed up on my computer oh cool so well, there it is you can do I'm excited it to give you will. whatever and what was that that we sent him it was thank god i'm a rich kid oh yeah oh great i so, called it john aspen 
because John Aspen, you call Colorado. John Aspen yeah. for the title, so, but it's thank God I'm a rich kid. So. Okay, good. That's that works. That covers that. We don't have to play it right now. That's good. How how extensive is the back catalog? Because I would say, for what it sounds like, the amount of stuff you guys have, you have very few records, and that's that's yeah. only just to point out a fact. Uh, it well, would be cool to see more. Well, we didn't get around to doing it that much because sure. we had to kept breaking out and putting it back together. And well, all had people to, I, I left the band. You know, I went to earn a living, and then I went and did else. stuff with with Stucker and Bud Strelkeld and this and this group that that we got involved with in L.A. Mm-hmm. trying to do TV shows and stuff, and yeah. You know, and then I was still trying to do comedy and all kinds of stuff over the years, but had to make a living. No, Bill hung in there. You hung in the I, underbelly I, of Hollywood. I didn't exactly hang, but I was yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I thought about it. No, I just stayed. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's what we did, and that's what I always did. You did shows with Keith. Oh yeah, Keith Johnson, who just passed away, is a wonderful musician, a great mm-hmm. friend. We worked about twenty years together. And Oleo Records, Oleo Records, Oleo Records, Oleo Records. Records. That's mm-hmm. got our stuff on it. Okay. And he was great. He played with everybody. The Paul Butterfield Blues Band. He's a trumpet player. And Etta James. He did all the charts for them. And and uh, and what's his name from England? You know, Eric Clapton. No, not the other guy. <laughs> uh, I don't know. There's so many of them. Yeah. Van Morris. I think his name was oh, okay. Van Morris. Van Morrison. Oh, okay. Yeah, he played on their bands and did all the charts. Northern Ireland, actually. He was so. a, uh, that's right. That made him better, I guess. But anyway, uh, well, not well. yeah, I guess it was. I like anyway. the, the two English guys you picked are both massive anti-vaxxers, too. Which I think right, I know that. Well, yeah, he's, I, I didn't say his politics were great. Right, his, no. You know, Good musician. songs were great. But, um, and, 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 and. Get vaccinated, kids. By the way, Keith, yeah, thank Keith, you. He played with them all the time, mm-hmm. and you know, and we recorded together. And he was a wonderful, wonderful friend. I learned so much from him, and he was just a great man. He had to pass away a, a while back, there, mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Really sad, but he was—he's oh. was a great guy, just a wonderful man. Anyway, that happens. But there was, and Keith was was wonderful, and Stucker was really strange. Well, you played a lot of shows in Hollywood. Budge Threlkeld was my comedy partner. And he was, Budge played and opened for the Ogdenet, so many times that Bill doesn't remember, like mm-hmm. when we headlined it at, at the Whiskey, but that's neither here nor there. But the fact is that, yes, there were, we played, that was what was so great, is we played with such great musicians over mm-hmm. the years. And, uh, you know, it was just really fun. And, you know, had a lot of good times, sometimes and sometimes bad. But we lived. We lived on the edge of reality. No, Did reality is sometimes good and sometimes bad. <laughs> oh, I thought it was our lives. You, you see, nah, nah. I am so self. It's the substrate of your. Existence. As I like to say, I'm so self-absorbed. I don't need paper towels. So there. <laughs> so that's another bad joke that we can enter into. No, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, so a few minutes ago you proved to us that you can still do comedy together and without sort of. thinking about it. But yeah. is that something you guys still regularly do together? Yes. And do you do it just with the two of you yes, in a room? Yes, pretty much. We uh, we haven't been yeah, performing well, I mean, that much you, at all. I think if you're asking, do we perform? No. I yeah. Mean, well, once in I, a I, year. I'm trying. I'm trying to get back because we were mm-hmm. just about to start performing when this little thing called COVID showed up. Yeah. And we and we had a couple gigs lined up in uh, a couple places that were going to give us ongoing gigs. That did throw us off. Because I bad. don't. I honestly don't like stand-up comedy that much. I like sure. improv and and doing. And you can't do improv in a comedy room. We tr- I tried. Mm-hmm. And we're I'm, but yeah, actually, I do want to go back to performing live now that I, I think can. You could, I think you and I could do improv. We could. Well, we well, well we got to be willing to, to to be present unhappy with happy. We got to be willing to be drunk is what we have to do. Well, <laughs> right, <Bill. laughs> no, I don't believe in that either. But the fact is, all kinds of different different com- genre, comic genre. strategies. That we yes, <laughs> it'd be great if people would just start going out again. Yeah. You know? So yes, but yeah, we we've been doing a lot of. Uh, I mean, Occasionally we do stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, I was doing a bunch of shows actually with Jim Turner and 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 Keith Johnson in L.A. for for quite a while mm-hmm. called the uh, Hipster Replacements. And it was all guys. It was really yeah, wonderful. That was a good show. Yeah, uh, and the the great with the Mighty Echoes, the Mighty Echoes pr- produced that, and That's we amazing. did shows with them for a long time. It was really great fun. So I'd like to get back to doing some of that. So. 
Well, here's the thing. I could ask you, I could sit and talk to you for a very long time, but I, I yep. want to make sure that uh, we tell people where they can find the two of you, okay. uh, infor- information about the band. Yep. Yep. Do you have well, a Bandcamp page? Because if not, that's a real good place to put all that shit you've been talking about. We have a Bandcamp. We've been talking about that, but we haven't done it. You can find our work on uh, YouTube mm-hmm. under Ogden Etzel, mm-hmm. uh, Bill Frenzer, Frenzer Vision, all one word. There's mm-hmm. a, a web page there. You can get our records on Oleo Records. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, uh, you know, you can find that uh, at oleo.com, iTunes, iTunes. And I guess it's on um, it's Spotify. Be on it's on Spotify. There's, no, there's some on there now. But Is there'll be on a lot there more. Now? Some on, but more to come. Mm-hmm. And uh, and those so those are great places to find us. That's perfect. But, and you can I, obviously uh, tune and buy buy the records if you want to, or mm-hmm. buy the, the cuts. They're not records anymore, Bill. They don't have those anymore. No, they don't have records anymore. But there's a lot of stuff on YouTube right now. I'm yeah. Just putting when it on the asshole. When the electricity goes out, that's it, man. It's oh. gone. Well, yeah. it'll be in our minds. So I'm kind of glad it's we can become traveling, right? Uh, traveling troubadours. That's so, half the reason I want to have my own vinyl record. By the way, is you know, if shit goes to that, shit, I, that's I, right. I want this oh, one thing. Amazing got a, artifact. Yeah, yeah. it's great to have vinyl. Really we've got those little cassettes that we used to do, and then we've got them uh, uh, CDs. We got a bunch of CDs, mm-hmm. and we've got a few DVDs. Actually, you can get DVD copies of our video stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, damaged tapes. I think you can get that still. You've okay. got mower. Oleo, mower of the Ogden Vessel. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. lawnmower. And the, those are the greatest hits of the Ogden Vessel, which I think we sent you. Yes, you did. Yes. So I think that covers where you can get them. But, um, but um, I hope to be adding we, some of this new unearthed material. Yes, that's, that's, what, what, I, that's what our plans are. We can't really yeah. talk about that yet. Of course. We can't talk about it. No, we can't really. Because these are things that we haven't figured out if it's going to actually happen. So I hate to brag about it. And this is going to come out and it never does anything. I I said no such thing. I did. (laughs) Stop. I just said I'd like that. Oh, we we really like it. And there's a good chance it will happen. To hell with it. You know, and there's a lot of back, back you know, stuff. I'll go back to sleep. There's some songs we never released. And, you know, there's some of them that are pretty good. Well, I'd, but, lo- I'd love to see that. I will tell you, Firesign and Duck's Breath both have band camps, and I think they're doing pretty well. I know the guy yeah. who runs them both. Um, yeah. So if you well, need guidance you. about that, too, I'd be thank happy you. to connect you. Thank you very much. Excellent. That's, excellent. Excellent. That's good. Excellent. And, Jason, this is a well, good... What else, what else were sure. we, I was going to tell you about? Oh, well. <laughs> oh, Sorry? yeah. Uh, yeah I, I am I am, I am DG. I am DG. You know, the, the you can get more information on the Abdenetzel history mm-hmm. on on my Bill Frenzer thing on uh, on IMDb. I, IMDb, yeah. And I've got, and I'm gonna, we're, I'm gonna be on the new one for older uh, performers. Uh huh. It's for retired <laughs> performers called I Am Debris. Uh huh. That's a good one. It's gonna. It's, that's where you can really find. Them. Find some the good great stuff, and yeah. the near great. <laughs> some of it's still moving. Some of it, some partials of it are still are still working. So anyway, yeah. I I honestly really appreciate the both of you speaking to me today. Oh, thanks. I know. So much fun. And, and yeah, it's great. I, it's it's it is great. I th- it, I felt like much. it was really funny. No, too, it was funny. I, it feels good. <laughs> it's thank so you. hard thank to you, make Jason. him feel good. I just thank you for doing that, Jason. <laughs> no, it's, so, I'm serious. I know. I'm sorry it took me like six years to actually get my shit straight to finally get you on the show, though. Um, well, well, thank you. I mean, we're, we've been hiding for a long time. We have many debts to pay, and they're looking for us. <laughs> I so, get it. I understand. Okay. But now it's clear, yeah. it's safe to come out into the, the sun? You're, you're good now? Yeah, yeah yes. really. Okay. And then yeah. there's a virus. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, right? Son of a bitch. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were in witness protection for 30 years and then all of a sudden the mobster who you, you sent up dies? Oh, and then the second that happens, then, then it's a pandemic. Son of a oh, fuck. God. Right. Wow. That's really scary. It yeah. is really scary. It's yeah. very sad. Oh, Could happen. Could. I think it's going to come to an end, though. It better, well, it better damn it. Well, actually, <laughs> the sun is going to burn out. That's true. After. That's true. This but has been a really non-depressing fun episode of it is. <laughs> well we could get into the depressing stuff but you don't want to hear about ah, all that. listen that's at the bottom of all comedy i just really yeah. kind of think so no that's you're not wrong 
I don't believe it. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> good. I, if you don't, have, if you don't, you got have, your success to show. No, if you I don't have joy. If you don't have joy in your life, then no, it has. There has to be a joyful element. You have to bring joy to people. Sure. But I think you do it through through misery. Being honest, joy about and misery. The bad what do we call? What do we call that? Uh, when when I was wandering around out in the, in the snow, screaming something about. Um, Joy, joyful anger. That was it. Joyful anger. Yes. <laughs> joyful rage. Joyful. Joyful rage. Okay. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Well, don't don't go away forever, and we'll we'll try and look for your. Yeah, we hope to meet you sometime. Are you in Minneapolis? No, I am in. Uh, I was in L.A. for 18 years, and just moved to Detroit about three months ago. Where, oh, where did cool. you live in L.A.? Burbank. Oh, you were right up the street. Though. I was right up the street. At some point, you and I were going to do that in person, and uh, just we never I, did. I dropped the ball. That's what happened. Well, okay, that's cool. Well, we'll, <laughs> we'll drop Motor City. Drop the ball. Yeah, <laughs> we'll drop many more balls before it's over. But <laughs> I dro- mine are dropping again. It's kind of yeah, it's, it's kind really of exciting. It's kind of like dribbling. You're dribbling. <laughs> I guess we should go, Jason. Goodbye. We better stop now. Well, I will say thank you guys for listening. Thank well, first of all, thank you for being here. Oh, great, and, great um Thank you all for listening, and as always, have a good thing. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. You can email us at podcast at comedyonvinyl.com. You can also send snail mail to P.O. Box 725165, Berkeley, Michigan, 48072. Subscribe to Comedy on Vinyl on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Comedy on Vinyl, or find everything in one place at ComedyOnVinyl.com. A major portion of Comedy on Vinyl has been underwritten by Stand Up Records. Please visit StandUpRecords.com for all your comedy needs and tune in to the new Stand Up Records channel available on the Roku, where you can also find select episodes of this podcast. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15 plus years. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!